Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Well, we know there has been a lot of research into self-driving vehicles, often thought of as a solution when it comes to safer, more efficient travel, safer roads. And some new research out of UBC is suggesting British Columbians, though, are not quite ready to embrace self-driving cars wholeheartedly. In fact, they'll need more of a gradual transition before adopting those cars on the roads. This was a study conducted by the Research on Active Transportation Lab, REACT, in the Faculty of Applied Science at UBC. And joining us to talk more is Alex Bigazi, Associate Professor of Civil Engineering at UBC and also REACT Principal Investigator. Thank you so much for taking the time. Sure thing. Good morning. Good morning. Well, it's uh, an interesting one because I think maybe people really want to embrace this technology, but are still a little hesitant about it. So what did you find? Sure. Yeah, we well, we find, as you said, uh, a a real mixed bag of perceptions across the the whole province. So um, we our study uh, undertook uh, an experiment to look at um, how perceptions of interactions between vehicles and pedestrians varied when the vehicle was a self-driving versus a non-self-driving car. And we ran a survey. We had about 1,500 people uh, evaluate videos of pedestrian car interactions at a crosswalk, and everyone evaluated the same set of videos, but for a random half for each person, we used the deception experiment where we described them as self-driving, and then we looked at how evaluations of those videos differed systematically when people thought they were self-driving versus non-self-driving. And that way we could better understand uh, how the introduction of self-driving vehicles will affect, uh, in particular, pedestrian experience uh, on British Columbia's roads. Um, And we found, as as we said, uh, quite a range of perceptions with some on the positive side and some on the negative side, but with a, 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 a slight larger proportion of the BC population um, with a kind of negative bias in terms of their perceptions of comfort and safety when interacting with vehicles if it's a self-driven versus a human-driven car. And to, to be clear then, the, the bit of the twist in this was that even though people that were surveyed were told that there were the they were looking at self-driving cars, all of the cars in this, they were human-driven cars, weren't they? That's exactly right, yeah. So what we were trying to do is isolate the uh, effect of the kind of vehicle autonomy in particular versus the kind of other attributes like how the car maneuvered in the, in the interaction. Okay. Uh, so when you found that people were a little hesitant or that, uh, that, that they're maybe, uh, pardon the pun, want to put the brakes on this a little bit, what were the <laughs> reasons given as to, to why people weren't wholeheartedly going, uh, going and embracing this? Yeah, the um, in addition to kind of a, some quantitative rank ratings, we had open text comments that we analyzed as well. And some of the key challenges are pedestrians' uh, ability to know that they've been detected by the vehicle and uh, understand the intentions of the vehicle, right? So um, in human, it's, uh, human drivers and pedestrians, the 
in the interaction, for example, at a crosswalk, there's a lot of nonverbal communication that happens uh, in terms of eye contact, in terms of looking, that the pedestrian knows they've been seen and that the driver intends to you know, stop and yield for them, which gives the pedestrian confidence that they won't be hit and they can cross the road, right? So with a self-driving car, you know, you don't get those cues, and that creates you know, a, quite a bit of discomfort and a sense of increased risk and, um, and insecurity for the pedestrian. So a lot of it related to ability to understand uh, the intentions of the vehicle. It seems like from the findings as well that people are more comfortable with the self-driving vehicle, but with the uh, the with the human being in the car, maybe not driving, but being there ready to take over if need be. Yeah, exactly. We looked at, in addition to this kind of uh, autonomy bias that we measured, we looked uh, we had a range of policy questions as well to look at support for various um, types of. Um, uh, I'll, I'll say regulatory changes to accommodate self-driving vehicles. And um, while we see a, 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 quite a, a nearly even divide in the BC population in terms of support for kind of, uh, allowing self-driving vehicles on road, we see strong, uh, much more uniform support for restrictions on what self-driving vehicles are allowed to do. And one of the key, uh, a couple of the key policies that have enjoy wide support, one is requiring a, a, a safety driver, it's called, or just a person in the driver's seat to take control in an emergency. And another one is to make sure that self-driving vehicles are clearly labeled and identified as such so that people can you know, a- approach that interaction with a better understanding of what type of vehicle they're dealing with. And what about areas that are pedestrian priority or uh, zones that may be a 30K zone, it's near a school or near a park? Did you, I know you asked people about whether or not self-driving vehicles should be allowed to, to access those areas just the same as any other vehicle. Yeah, exactly. That was another one of the um, policies that enjoyed pretty wide support is that you know during the early phases, um, we shouldn't be testing, uh, allow, allowing pilot self-driving vehicles to operate near schools and in pedestrian-dominated, pedestrian-priority zones, uh, uh, such as you're talking about. And so the, the broad recommendation is that we do need to you know, begin the uh, phasing in of self-driving vehicles, but in, in a in very restricted sense with pilot testing uh, and a lot of limitations on how they can operate and where they can operate and in relatively small numbers. And then as the technology evolves and as people's familiarity and comfort with these vehicles evolve, then we can start to ease some of the restrictions and expand access. Uh, Another differential in uh, support for self-driving vehicle policy is there is a good bit more public support for uh, beginning introduction with shared autonomous vehicles rather than privately owned autonomous vehicles. So uh, there's a natural place for something like uh, a transit agency like uh, TransLink or BC Transit uh, to do some pilot testing of autonomous shuttles and uh, services like that. Hmm, interesting finding. So people are more comfortable with, say, a, a self-driving bus than they would be with a private self-driving car? Yeah, uh, yeah. Given similar t- development of the technology, yeah, that's correct. Um, they, but a shared self-driving vehicle can also be a kind of... Um, a, a fairly small shuttle, like something more uh, in the profile of a um, a van or a large SUV for what we call microtransit.
All right. And uh, and looking at those, just one other, uh, you've mentioned this as well. So it seems like people also, they want those cars labeled. They don't want just self-driving vehicles blending in with everybody else, but markers on them so people know what they're dealing with. Exactly. Yeah. So um, people want to know ahead of time that they're dealing with a self-driving vehicle. And then there's also um, a kind of a strain of research going on um, in, in terms of the technology development, which is looking at different ways that the vehicle can communicate its intentions. And so uh, there have been some uh, some vehicle, develop, uh, vehicle developers and also researchers looking at kind of lights that they can use or other kind of signaling from the vehicle that can play that role of communicating to the pedestrian or the bicyclist, you know, you have been detected and I intend to yield to you uh, to, again, increase that comfort and try to develop some of that uh, human machine communication that is necessary if, uh, you know, human travelers are going to be sharing the road with uh, non-human vehicle operators. Interesting research. Alex Bagazi, thank you so much for joining us. Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too.